Welcome back. I mean, welcome back can be in both terms. Welcome back to the finals for the Lakers. Yeah, welcome back to the podcast, though. Welcome back to Lakers Corner. Um, today, I got a good, good, good. He's like family, basically. But uh, I got my boy, Maurice Alvarado, in the building. What up, Mo? What's up? I don't know he's going to pull on government names, but uh, what's up? <laughs> nah, he's the host of uh, the boxing, the Boxed Out podcast, but he definitely knows his Lakers and, and NBA in general. So I figured I'd bring him on for this uh, finals preview and just an uh, uh, oversight of uh, our previous series as the Lakers uh, embark on the journey for number 17. Yes, sir. Seventeen, some maybe people might call sixteen point five. It depends on who you talk to. <laughs> or, or seventeen with an asterisk, fifteen with an asterisk. That's how they go yeah. do it. I mean, especially if we if we win this uh, NBA championship, I think that they're gonna. Of course, they're gonna say something with it. Something goes along with it. But it's okay. I'll take the ring though. Uh. I mean, whoever wins, I think they'll probably say there's an asterisk, but I think um, whoever wins deserves a lot of credit just because it's taking a lot of commitment from the players in this whole bubble format and being away from their family. And there's no, essentially, there's no home court advantage. So, I mean, and then the guys are just hooping every other day. So, I mean, they're just pretty much all locked in on basketball. So, I think uh, it's appropriate that the two teams that are left standing as two of the teams that are probably closest on the court and off the court probably, too, in terms of their chemistry. Yeah, I mean... So, you know, there's a lot that comes with it, with the with the whole the bubble thing, but, you know, I think the NBA has done a good job. Yeah, I mean, the bubble is, is, is what it is. I mean, it, it's difficult to even fathom what was going through a lot of these NBA players like heads. Um, I mean, just for take, just for take, for instance, the Denver Nuggets, they were like in the bubble for like 81 days. I mean, (laughs) just imagine being in a bubble for 81 days without like no outside contact, physical outside contact. Uh, I know it's hard on those young players, um, and even the veterans, because you know they got families, they got little kids and babies and and newborns. Uh, Gordon Hayward, but I think. His baby is due soon, so he's out of the bubble now. But just, just no, take his it. Son was born. Why he was in the bubble, school. right? Yeah. Yeah. So stuff like that, like you know, it, it takes a major commitment. I mean, look, uh, Alex Caruso, he missed his sister's wedding. Um, it's a lot of things that are, are going on. So it takes a lot to to commit to something like this for this long, for this long uh, period of time. Um, but you know. We've weathered the storm and 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 made it into the uh, the finals to uh, take on now the uh, Miami Heat. Now that we've learned who our uh, opponent will be, um, but I want to kind of just recap, you know, our uh, road uh, that got us to the NBA Finals. Um, just going over a couple of series, you know, uh, to start with the the Blazers uh, coming in as the hottest team uh, in the bubble. Uh, Damian was what averaging a, a, a ludicrous amount of points. I think it was averaging like forty something points the last like five six games of the uh, bubble season, um, which is yeah they they had to they had to do a lot to just get going. 
to get back into it. And there were eight eight bubble games or whatever stuff they played the play in games. So um, they had some momentum. Like a lot of, I mean, Litter was just pretty much put the team on his back and took over, which is kind of what I expected earlier in the season before the season like went to shit or whatever. Um, Portland was really underachieving and and I didn't get it because I knew Lillard had the gear, but I guess he was saving it for maybe towards the second half of the season or the last few weeks. But actually, they weren't even going to make the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, if we had if a win. for this bubble format. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, if we I don't know. It was those. weird. Yeah, it was definitely, uh, it was weird to see, you know, from a team that um, when we were in regular season, it didn't look like they were going to make the, the playoffs and, you know, Right, Whoa. but then they also they came back as a different team too because they had Nurkic too yeah, which going like, on a hiatus. Yeah, the, it gave them time to get back in. Yeah, so he was able to get healthy and add like something different to their team that they didn't really have. So yeah, yeah I mean that series. Uh, I mean, what did they win? They won Game One, right? Yeah, they won Game One. I mean, because. I mean, we all saw this. I mean, we 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 watched uh, we watch a lot of different types of shows on ESPN. I don't really watch Fox Sports Nets, but you know, you see it on Twitter, and you, you get all these people claiming, "Oh, you know, the Blazers, you know, they're a deadly team." I don't know if the Lakers can get past them, and if the Blazers, I think they'll take them in six or seven. And it's just like you know, we had that going in. You know, how do you stop Damian Lillard and 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 CJ McCullum, and now they got Nurkic and. And Melo's balling out of his mind. It's just like all these things were just, they were just trying to stack up on the Lakers to make it seem like we couldn't get past this team. How did you no, feel about I think, that? Um, I think, I don't know. I, I kind of feel like some of that was a little misguided or maybe they're just thinking like on one side of the floor in terms of like the offense because, I mean, it's true. Like a lot of these teams with Lakers messing up, they – they have more scores and more like capable shot makers than Lakers, but you got to play both ends of the floor. And Portland, um, before this whole bubble thing, and even during the bubble, they they weren't their defense was not good like at all. They gave up a shit ton of points, so I wasn't really concerned with Portland just because I mean one guy. I mean, he he did get hot in the, the, the in game one where they won, but he, even then the Lakers were a slow start. So, I mean, the Lakers kind of didn't even take the bubble time serious. They won that one game against what, Denver. I don't the, know, the Denver or the, yeah. or the Clippers, one of those games where they clinched. We, we won the both. Number one we won, yeah, we won Denver and, and we beat the Clippers, but Denver was the game we played against like they bench and right. Kyle Kuzma and then, hit the buzzer yeah, and then after that, the Lakers were just like whatever. They had some real lackluster performances, and their offense looked pretty bad. And I, I know from some of the stuff I was watching, some of the content I was taking in, um, people were concerned about the Lakers' offense. But I mean, this is a veteran team, and it didn't make any sense for LeBron to go all out. And they already clinched it, and then you know the seeding is irrelevant anyway. So 
those games were just for show. They just had to get those games out of the way. And I think once the playoffs started, I mean, I think a lot of people should have figured that the Lakers were going to lock in. So, Yeah, like, uh, I mean, for me, I, I think I – we we both I think we spoke on this and when I when we talked about it it was like yeah you know Damian Lillard might get you one game, but I mean Iverson got one game against the I, I want to say one of the most dominant playoff team the Laker teams ever, I mean going what sixteen and one in the playoffs or something like that something crazy out like that I can't remember I think yeah. it was, I know they lost one game I think it was sixteen it was one. one. So I mean, yeah. One. So it's just like you know you you you're, it's it's quite possible because of. I mean, this is it's how much to 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 Damian Lillard's game is 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 he can get you one game. I feel like his game he can go off and erupt. And I mean, it just so happened that we had one of the. I mean, we didn't have everything click in the first game. You know, we looked like how we were playing in the bubble, like at the towards the uh, end the end of the season. So um, it just happened to both come in at the same time. A hot player versus a team that are are is revving up. To, for playoff, so that first game was just not a, a clicking environment for them. I think um, if it weren't just his team, because the Lakers were pretty good team, I think against any other team, he probably could have got you two games or how he was rolling. Oh but yeah, the Lakers. I mean, they're just they're a defensive team, and they've been a defensive team the whole season. And Frank Vogel is a defensive minded coach, and you know, it's different from years past where the Lakers, you know, one of the things we were always complaining about was their defense, but they have a defensive identity and they have a game plan, you know? So. Yeah, and I felt like, you know. I mean, Portland, Portland was, it was always going to be uh, an uphill battle for them. I never really was concerned about Portland. Oh, no, not at all. I was never worried about, I, like I said, I, I felt like, they might get one game. It's gonna go five. I mean, I, I felt like that, and and that's exactly what happened. Um, so let's get past them like we actually did and um, jump into the Houston Rockets series, which is another team that you know, I, I'm pretty sure they just wanted to jump on any team that was going up against us. You know, that was, you know, because we lost right. against their small ball lineup. So you know, they they kind of had their. That was like uh, the first- Small ball game. Yeah, yeah. so you know they game. had their uh they had their takes that they wanted to say because we were the first team that they lost to. I mean that we lost that they beat um when they started this small ball lineup when they traded off uh Clint Capella. And, you know, that's some of the raw footage that they had, like, oh, you know, the Lakers struggled against their small ball, you know, they didn't really and, yeah. you know, we came out and dominated. I mean, yeah, after the first game, we, okay, we got to make the switch. And, and they, they went small ball as well. And from that on that point out, I mean, the, the Rockets yeah, were never I mean, close. <laughs> oh, uh, well, I think that's the first three to four games, like, they had the lead after the third going into the fourth. So, I mean, they were in it, but it seemed like when the Lakers really turned it up, um, they were able to pull away from Houston. And I was actually a little bit surprised because I thought the Lakers would probably struggle just a little bit because, like, Houston shoots an insane amount of threes. They're shooting, like, 40, 50 threes a game. And oh, no, yeah, for sure. There's, I mean, there was that one game where the Lakers blew. They were rolling in the first half. And then in the third quarter, I think Houston hit, like, 
11 out of their first 14. Oh, yeah, that was the... Uh, goals. They were just fucking in all kinds of threes. I want to say that was game they were just on three. Fire. That was game three, um, where they, they just... The the they just weathered the storm of of the Rockets hitting all them damn threes, right. and then you know they kind of just took and control. For, for as much um, shit as James Harden would get, like he still, even if he's underperformed, like he's still somebody you gotta account for, and he's just a tough cover because he's pretty much trying to attack and score the whole game. And the Lakers, they kind of just said, you know what, we're not gonna play this type of game and they were just they trapped him a lot and made him give up the ball yeah I mean I think they they kind of just linked linked on Russell West like you know I would I mean as uh me if I was in that position I would rather see Russell Westbrook beat us than James Harden because James Harden once he gets it going it's hard to stop him and then he can he also has the 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 assistman in them and you know you can get others involved and so when you got somebody that's going that's clicking on the offensive end and he can get people involved it's really hard to stop a team like that you know uh especially when they shooting threes because if he's getting downhill and getting to where you want now we're collapsing now he's kicking out for three and and, and we're getting beat from long range and that's yeah, and that's pretty tough I, to go three for two i think um I think if Westbrook was lighter or in better shape or condition, I think this could have been a little bit more interesting. Do you think it's more? Do you think it's more of him being? I mean, because it looked like from what we saw in videos, I mean, he was training really hard. Do you think it was more a shape or just his mental approach with his jump shot was just off? No, just I just think. I mean, he was training and. He was giving it a go, but we don't. I mean, he had like a quad injury. Oh yeah, to, to, to yeah the end of, the beginning of the well, playoff, end of the bubble. Yeah, he had to miss a playoff series essentially because of the injury. You know, most times. Okay, that okay. Sorry, well, I thought you was just talking was, about in general. I was like, wait, like no, you was. You I forgot was, about the quad. No, injury. I forgot. Yeah, because I mean, it was fun to slam on Westbrook a little bit, but oh yeah, it was real fun. You got to kind of give him like. <laughs> He was injured, and he had the coronavirus too. So he had the he had the quarantine, and then he had the quad injury. So I don't I don't think he was all the way himself. He may have looked the part, but you know he's such a great athlete. You can kind of mask how bad he his, how bad he's hurt or whatever. You know he's a pretty tough guy. So I just think if he was maybe more right and didn't miss time, I mean. Missing time in this bubble thing is like critical because I mean it's just important. I mean I think even if you look at the Clippers, like their guy, they had a couple guys in this time too, and it just kind of throws shit out of whack. So I always felt like the Lakers going to win that series, but I did anticipate it probably being a little bit tougher. But you got to credit the Lakers because they took James Harden out of the series pretty much. They didn't let him get. He didn't have. I don't. I have to look at the stats, but I didn't feel like his impact was all the way there. You know, he wasn't getting off like he could have been if the Lakers weren't paying attention and trying to like get the ball out of his hands. Yeah. Uh, and then you know, there. I mean, the small ball lineup is tough, and it puts a lot of pressure on them. But they they got to hit their threes. 
But the Lakers, they were just kind of locked in and they kind of limited and cut down some of the threes. And then AD had a, a, I believe he had a couple of really big games too in that series. Yeah, I think he had like two or three, like 30 and 15 or something like that. Like he just, and one was like a 37 and like 15 or something. He was just, he was dominant in that series. I think he averaged like 32 and like 13 boards and and like two blocks. It, it just, it's, right. it, we, we, and we then finally we, caved I mean, in and up. went to the small ball lineup with AD at the five and, and we brought in Keith Morris. Uh, and, and it's kind of like key four or key five and AD four or five, whichever, or however you want to put it. But when we went to that small ball lineup, we kind of just matched up, you know, it wasn't. And then we just kind of, like you said, um, references, double team James Harden. We kind of just took him out the game in the sense of you can't do everything. And we're going to take, we're going to limit what you can do for this team. Yeah. They're not really like a physical team in the paint. Cause I mean, no, not at even, all. <laughs> even, and which was a good matchup because Kuzma had a couple of games where he was in double figures too, where he was like cutting to the basket a lot and getting buck, easy buckets and stuff. So they were, you know, the size of the problem. You know, it, it really was. Oh no, yeah, for and, sure. And that's one of the strengths uh, of this Lakers team. Definitely the size. I mean, their main strength, I would say. But yeah, I mean, Houston. They were, you know, they. I felt like they kind of underperformed a little bit, especially James Harden. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it was a couple of games in the fourth quarter where he kind of just he drifted off, and it was like, "Where's James Harden at?" You know, like he was on the floor, but it's just like where he's not leaving his mark where we thought he would leave his mark. You know, those last two three minutes of the game it was just like James Harden was kind of just floating. And not being in attack mode, you know, I I don't know if it was yeah, just because kinda, us doubling him the whole game and not letting him really get off, or was it was just like was was the Russell Westbrook of him dominating the ball was that the factor? Because in a lot of those games, the last two three minutes, you know, Russell had like three three or four turnovers and some bad shots, and it was just yeah. you know and that kind of helped push those Lakers from being up five or six points to like 10, 13, 14, 15 points because of those bad turnovers and mad shots that led off to fast breaks. Um, right. And then another another thing with Houston, too, was like they lost Daniel House after game one, right? I mean, yeah, he so was. He uh, got a lot of burn for them. Was it one or two? Was it game one or two I, that it he was either, I think it, it was one of those games, but they missed him for the rest of the series. Yeah. So. And he was a starter for him too. He was getting them late night COVID checks. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah, the bubble's been kind of weird. That's why you got to really give credit to the teams that are left because you know it, it hasn't been easy. Yeah, it, it hasn't been yeah, easy. Um, so we 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 got past the Rockets and uh, we we faced the Nuggets. Well, Nuggets was a a surprisingly hot team. Um, they they conquered the the almighty Clippers quote-unquote, um, to get to the uh, Western Conference Finals. And, you know, coming in, you know, a lot of people said, can they stop Jamal Murray? Can um, the Lakers deal with uh, Nikola Jokic? Uh, and it was – it. listen, they, they're they a good team. But that's another thing yeah, is, is can they really guard 
the like can they really guard or was it just more so of them just being really hot on the offensive end? That was my question through the whole series. It's like can they really guard us or is it more so when they're hitting their shots? It's hard to play against them. They, they, I mean, a lot of teams like that that don't have that defensive identity. They kind of get fueled by their offense. Because, you know, I mean, once you start getting going, you're feeling good, you're getting real confidence, then you're getting aggressive on defense too, and that starts things. But, I mean, overall, as a team defensively, they've got a couple of – I mean, Gary Harris is a pretty good defender. Uh, you know, Grant uh, is, a, is a solid defender. Jokic isn't – He's not a paint. He's just not a good at a long a rim body protector. Yeah, yeah. He's he's not really a good rim protector. So, you know, they were. I mean, I don't know because some of them games with Utah were just ridiculous, just ridiculous offense. I'll, yeah, so, it was it's an offensive style game. It's just these guys were yeah, putting I, up fifty I, I, I and mean, fifty this, and forty and forty. It was crazy. Yeah, their strengths. Their strengths are are in there too. Um, and Murray and Jokic on the offensive end for sure. I mean, yeah, and for the most um, part, if you look at it, I mean, you can say he got his points, but he didn't kill us like he did in the Utah series, the Clippers series, you know, where he getting 40, 38. I mean, I think his highest point total was, what, 32, and that was game four, I want to say. So, you know, he didn't really get everything that he wanted. You're talking about Murray, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He didn't get – I mean, and, and yeah. I, I will credit, you know, the, the game – Game five, uh, he he had like something going on with his knee, like a contusion or something like that. So he wasn't really yeah, himself probably. in like the second half. Um, but like, I mean, previous games, I mean, his best game was a thirty-two game. But you know, he didn't really affect the game like he did in the the previous series yep. against the Clippers and when he played against Utah. Right. Yeah, he didn't have as big games, but I will say he still put a lot of pressure on the Lakers defense. Oh no, for sure. No, yeah, I, I'm not. Um, I, no, I'm not discrediting that. Yeah, I'm just saying like his performances yeah, wasn't he, the ones that he had in previous series. Yeah, yeah. I mean the Lakers. Um, I mean they're just one of the better defensive teams in the league. So you're not gonna get. It's it's gonna be hard to get like a fifty point game or a forty point game because, I mean the Lakers just they're just a a good defensive team. So I mean one of the. It, and, you know, one of the pivotal points in the series, because it was a five-game series, but it was, I thought it was a, it was a, I thought it was a really competitive five-game series up until. For the most part. The, the last, and up until the last game where they kind of just, Lakers kind of just, you know. Pumbled them. Took it home. Yeah. But, yeah, but game, what was it, game four? I think LeBron picked up, uh, Murray, the last two three minutes of the yeah, game, yeah, and and kind of just shut and them it, down it was, offensively. It was it was smart too because I mean LeBron was was there and was a presence, and he made Murray give up the ball a couple of times, which is huge. Like especially when you coming down to the end of the game, and it's only a few possessions left. You kind of you kind of want to make sure that that Murray is getting his touches and um, initiating the offense however he can because. I mean, he can. I mean, I think. He, I, I think he well, was spectacular with some of the just some of the stuff he can do, it's like finishing at the rim. I mean, they had that sick reverse against LeBron. 
I think one I think thing it was that, in the same game. Yeah. No. Yeah. I think it was that that crazy like they were trying to say Jordan like reverse the the one where he came through the front acting like he was gonna dunk and kind of like flipped it on the other side of, other end of the uh, rim. Um, yeah, I think what LeBron def, uh I'm I'm glad you mentioned that point of uh, of Bron guarding him the last like two three minutes of that uh, of game four is uh, I, I I noticed what Bron he knows there he he's a, a definitely a, a great studier of film because uh, one thing that I noticed is Bron played him for that nice little step back mid range he likes to get. So he kind of played into yeah. where he couldn't step back and he only could go forward in a sense. Because you saw a couple of times he tried to shift shift down and stop to Kenan to give him to go forward. And Bron kind of still was shading him a little bit, but in a defensive mode. And, and, and when Murray f- felt that he couldn't get that step back, he was either trying to pass out of it or trying to force a, a, a layup or, or force the ref to get a foul, to call a foul. And, and and the right. way Bron played him, it, it it just it was it was magnificent to see that 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 point. I mean, because that's the same thing he kind of did when he played uh, when they played the the Clippers in that one possession where he guarded both of them and and he took Kawhi from getting into his sweet spot. And it, it was just things like that, little things that not many people notice. But watching that, I was just like, damn, okay, Bron really is understanding of what Jamal Murray likes to do. In certain instances, right, but and he has the body to kind of not be able to get pushed out. Even in like a basic sense, I mean, it was a good chess move just because Murray wasn't used to attacking LeBron in that series. He was used to attacking the big or one of their guards, so he can't really get a true feel for how LeBron likes to play people on defense or whatever. LeBron just you know popped up and surprised. And, surprised him and just started guarding him for the last few minutes. And then, two, once you get to the end of the game in a 50-50 play where there's contact with a foul, like, this Jamal, you're going to give, you're going to favor a call for Jamal Murray or LeBron James. So, yeah, that's true. I think that two plays a factor in thing too, where that one play at the end where there was uh, Murray thought there was some contact, you know, they, they didn't call it. You know, is yeah, LeBron James is Jamal Murray. I mean, I just thought it was a, I thought it was a perfect move just to switch things up because I mean we've seen it in the past, and I think that's one of the things that in some of the other series where um, LeBron's kind of come up short, and people are saying, you know, maybe he should step up and guard the, the hot man, you know? Yeah, I, I yeah, it was so, definitely. I mean, it was uh, it was uh, great to see it. It was a good a good chess move, I want to say. It was a good chess move to kind of pull this this pawn out of nowhere and, and kind of surprise him, the element of surprise. And, but I mean, so I, I felt like. And then we didn't even talk about too just um, in terms of defense too, because you know Jokic. I mean, he didn't have a bad series, but he wasn't as effective. I was just, just about to say that. The Lakers, <laughs> I was the just Lakers about to speak had, on that. Like Dwight Howard, the bodies that they kind of threw at him was different. And 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 Anthony Davis. I mean, he no, yeah, for Davis sure. Down a few times, but Davis is a presence, you know, and Dwight Howard is a presence too. So I mean, it's just another sign of 
how like versatile this Laker team was. That yeah, you know, they have they can play a small ball, but then match up with the best center in the league. Yeah, and I felt like you know that was um, I mean we we got in that series we got a, a Rondo that was I want to say like damn near magnificent out there on the floor. You know, it wasn't much that he was doing wrong. Um, and that we needed that because, you know, and for some reason in this series, we didn't get as much of the bench support as we got in like the rocket series. You know, the shots wasn't falling yeah. from some of the guys that we thought, um, Kyle Kuzma kind of made it a personal vendetta with Michael Porter jr. It was some, it was some type of a one-on-one thing in their minds that they were going at it. And I, I just felt like it took him out of what he was doing in the previous series. He was really, and and you know how much I do not like Kyle Kuzma, but I felt like what he did in the Rocket series. Um, he, I thought he was good in the Rocket series. No, no, no. I'm saying what I'm saying is that what he did in the Rocket series, he didn't take it over and and kind of go with the same strategy yeah, for the Nuggets. He kind of made it made it this like one on one mano a mano with Michael Porter Jr. And you can tell yeah, because his some, game was just. It was terrible, and that's like me being I think nice. Some of his, I think some of uh, I think some of his just he's trying too hard. I think that's what a lot of it's rooted in. I don't think it's necessarily selfish, or um, like he wants to be the man or the third option. I just I just think he tries hard sometimes, and sometimes you can try too hard, and you kind of get outside of yourself. So, but. Um, yeah, I mean, that goes with just what I was talking about for that Rocket series. They didn't really have an inside presence or, like, that defensive presence to fear or make it difficult, where Denver, they kind of do a little bit more than, than Houston. Yeah. But, yeah, Rondo, Rondo, uh, I mean, Rondo's done his thing because game, game four was kind of in the balance, especially with how the offense was looking and AD sprained his ankle. LeBron oh looked like he was getting tired. I think we were and, talking you know, about that too. <laughs> was like, yeah, oh, and then no. Rondo came in at the yeah, Rondo came into third in the third quarter and he helped extend the lead to eleven. So you know, your role players are never gonna be perfect. Oh no. So but, but to so have I think you know, like we yeah. said in the season, we've said this. We've we've had numerous of chats and talks and and texts about this. Is that you know it's cool to have Bron as your point guard, but it's it takes a toll on him to be the initiator and the the scorer at all times of the game. And it's just like it's good to have a point guard that has, if not the same type of IQ as Bron that could alleviate the pressure of Brian having yeah, to definitely. initiate the offense all the time. And he could kind of play weak side and stuff like that. I think that was a, a major key in just this series. And, and, and I'm, I'm sure it'll prove a point to in that Miami uh, in our upcoming series against uh, the Miami heat. I think having somebody that can control the ball and control the right. pace other than Brian and, and kind of just, and no, I was just saying, just take his role, you know, let him go into a scorer mode and not have to take the ball up court and do stuff like that. You know, it kind of right. gives him that that option to go weak side and, and post up and stuff like that. 
Yeah, I think that was kind of like the theory that they always wanted when LeBron came on because even the first season they had they got Rondo and they had Lance Stevenson. They had that idea that they wanted like another ball handler, but the first season just kind of fell apart once LeBron got injured. Um, but yeah, no Rondo. Even you know he's kind of it's it's hard to gauge a Rondo because in the regular season he just. He didn't play like that, you know? Oh, hell no. Like, I, he, he just I was calling he for his name. Player. I was calling for Rondo to be gone. I thought they was going to cut him to bring in a new player. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so he kind of, I mean, he's a playoff player, and he dealt with a lot of injuries, too. So that kind of, that it's hard to kind of, it's hard to kind of, like, get on these guys, too when you're constantly battling injuries, too, because he had at least two or three injuries throughout the oh, season. Oh, yeah. He had a – and, and it was a lot of the, hand injuries, not nothing. It was mo- and, a majority of the was and, hand injuries. And then he got injured just when he came – when they came back to the bubble, he got injured again. Yeah, he had so, a uh, – I think he had a hammy injury or something like that. He he, he was tightness in the hamstrings or something like that. Yeah, because no, Wolf, he, he hurt his hand coming back, and then when he was about to come back, then his hamstring was giving him issues, no, too. Yeah, so yeah. that kind of delayed it, too. Um, so, yeah, Rondo, he was he was key in that series in certain moments, and just the point I was trying to finish up was that, I mean, your role players are never going to be perfect, but you need those moments or those possessions or those sequence or those stretches of minutes where – they really, you know, help, like, stop the game from flipping because the game can flip really quick in the NBA. Yeah. It was, uh, I mean, Dwight, uh, Keith had his moments. Uh, it, it, certain people came up in this series, and I would like to kind of – we haven't really – I mean, well, we saw glimpses of, of a lot of the players on the bench kind of clicking. And and, and that's – like you said, it, you know, not all of our role players are going to perform all at the same time. And, and those nights that we do yeah. get that, that's a luxury. You know, that's one of those two nights that Bron and AD could kind of rest up and, and prepare for the next game when they got, like, the bench scorers hitting their shots and doing the things that, you know, would alleviate the offensive load for AD and Bron. Um, and that in that series, you know, we didn't get much from everybody. Um I think well, Danny Green. Well, that's the thing too um, that I don't want to overlook either, because the guys weren't hitting. Some of the guys were hitting their shots. Um, Danny Green and KCP and Caruso and Rondo to an extent, like they've been bringing it on the defensive end, and in terms of their effort and putting pressure on the guards. Oh no, yeah. So, but what I was maybe their offense hasn't been going well, but I. You know, on the defensive end, they 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 kept that effort up. I don't yeah, think that's puts, been like. No, yeah, you're right. It puts, it's not like they're struggling and they just have defense. Like, oh they, no, no. They've they still are focused. The yeah, they're still focused on the defensive end. I just feel like it's some at some points in the game, you could kind of glance and look at Frank Vogel. He has that look like, damn, like they're bringing it on offense, but they also are shrinking the floor on – I mean, they're bringing it on defense, but they're shrinking the floor on offense because they're not hitting those wide-open shots that they're getting kicked on. 
Uh, and it, I know I see the that looks like damn, like I I need him out there on the defense, but goddamn, he's killing me offensively. And um, yeah, that that goes to, to show you know how much effort they putting in on the defensive end. They not locking in, and and I mean KCP been doing a, a a pretty good job. I I think it's more KCP so plays hard. No, yeah, he plays hard. Um, and, and Danny Green like he he's killing it on the defensive end, but. Man, he has missed I mean, yeah, so Danny, many wide open shots. It's ridiculous, yeah. and it yeah, hurts me to uh, see that. He struggled a lot with his with his offense, but even he got a couple of decent games where he's just threes. But you know what I noticed? But, I mean, he 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 doesn't hit the second like you know like a a, a reset shot. He's like one for like sixteen. Uh, a standstill shot. He's like three for like sixteen or seventeen, and then like the ones where he's catching it in a rhythm, like he's catching it on like a, a gather. He's been knocking those down, which is you don't get many of those in the game. But what I've noticed is that the ones that he's gotten, he got like four or five of those in that in his last series against the Nuggets, and he hit every single it, one of them. It seems like the ones where he's being guarded, he's hitting more than the ones where he's wide open. Yeah, and it's just like. I I mean, listen. If he can do something in this next series, but I don't see. This is me just thinking ahead. I might. I, I don't know if you'll see Danny Graham in the Lakers uniform next year. They'll probably look to trade him. Um, but yeah, but you you got to look for trade partners too. No, yeah, I mean, for it's sure. Easy to say you want to get rid of guys, but you still you got to find a way to get rid of them. Yeah, but what we we definitely got to find um just moving forward, we got to look for like a, a a actual knockdown shooter. Somebody that can hit the standstills and that just takes more more of our analytics department and people watching these tapes on these upcoming free agent shooters and, and just seeing what kind of shots are they hitting, you know. And I know the lights would be different um playing with the Lakers, especially if we could win a championship this year. Um, but I think that's one of the things that we got to look at. And also like a, just another scoring guard, somebody that can create their own shot. Um, so we, we've we gotten out of this Nugget series in five, and, and now we're facing a, a very gritty, a very tough uh, Miami Heat team. Uh, Mo, can you kind of just uh, lightly uh, give some um, things that we should expect from the Heat? I mean, you're gonna. I mean, you're gonna get not a not the same team, but you're gonna get a team that mirrors the same type of effort, or even maybe even plays harder than you, because Miami pretty. I mean, they have the same record as the Lakers in the playoffs. I think they're both twelve and three or something like that. Yeah. Uh huh. So you got a team that. I mean, Spurs. He's not really talked about when you talk about the coaches. You know, when you talk yeah, about the coaches. He's Dick, left out of a lot of the, lot of the get, conversations, yeah. A, a lot of coaches, um, and, you know, and that's no knock on any of the other coaches, but I feel like the Heat, they're just, they're just have a great culture, and they're just, they're just a, put, a well put together roster. And he's been doing less. He's been doing more with less for a while. Even the teams like pre-LeBron, before LeBron came to Heat with Wade, those teams were kind of 
overperforming and making, you know, they weren't, they weren't like high seeds, but they were teams that you probably didn't think were going to make the playoffs, even with Dwayne Wade, the way mm-hmm. he was playing at the time. Yeah. And then even after LeBron, they struggled for a little bit because I thought they had like, they, they did, they signed some players for some bad deals. But it just, I mean, the Heat, they're just a sound organization and it translates on the floor because after that transition of when LeBron left, it would have been so easy to just move on from Coach Cole and just blow everything up and change everything over. But Riley has like an amazing amount of confidence in Polstra. And he just, he knows it's not the coach that's the problem. He cares for their, like, you know, for their culture and for their system. This current Heat team. What you can expect, like I was saying, like a team that's going to play hard. And then, shit, I mean, they got a huge chip on their shoulder because they, they've been the underdog in every series. I mean, I think they're probably favored against Indiana. But I didn't expect them to handle Indiana the way they did. I think they swept them, right? Yeah, I think uh, they were f- – well – they 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 said it might go six or seven against Indiana because TJ Warren was was like I as said, hot yeah, as hot. I mean, like he, was, he was killing. He was dogging in his in his bubble. So they thought that you know it can go six or seven, and if it went seven, it's up in the airs. You know, it's up for grabs. But a lot of teams yeah, had I, said that you know Miami could be uh, one of those tough teams in the playoffs and you know that would they felt like that could be one of the teams that upset and I said the same thing because the way they can guard and the way they can take things away mainly from the Milwaukee Bucks um they they had Bam and Bam did an excellent job against uh Giannis and 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 was able to kind of take him out of that series in a sense and then he kind of got the injury but you know I felt like I think it was like a team it was a team thing where they just kind of yeah exactly they were all locked in on 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 stopping Giannis and but yet still like if you just go before each series they were like pretty much they were the underdogs except for Indiana which I thought I watched a lot of Indiana games but they didn't have the bonus either so their team was kind of like iffy. But even then, I thought that Indiana could probably give them a little run for their money, but they they dominated Indiana. And then they pretty much, I mean, they were like, you know, Chris Middleton, he just woke up feeling dangerous that one game, and he, he got off, and he got them a win. But, I mean, they pretty much handled their business against the Bucks, And then Boston, I mean, I expected Boston to win that series. Me too. I mean, Especially I felt the, like the, the way the they were players, I just man, you were just like you took the words out of my mouth just to see the way they were playing beforehand, and then like this the zone that they ran, like it was like like I felt like they could have figured that out. It it wasn't too hard of a, a, a puzzle, but you know, it happened. They just think, that zone took over. Yeah, a little I, bit. I I think from the outset it's easy to say oh, a zone's easy to beat, but how easy is it when you don't are not accustomed to playing against it all the time? Yeah, that's true. You know, um, Boston. That's different. For sure, they never. A lot of teams never really ran a zone against them. I I know they've done it to the Lakers. The Lakers have experience of teams running a zone against them. I mean, I mean, the last time we played Miami, they ran a zone against us. 
Um, but I think right. another thing about Boston, I think another thing about Boston was that, um, oh, we, we got disconnected with Maurice. Let's get him back on. You there, Mo? Yeah, you're talking about the zone. Yeah, my bad. Oh, no, you good. Um, I was just saying, like, uh, with, with the zone, with Boston, at least, they didn't really have a man that they can come pop high at the uh the top of the free throw line so they can dump They're to and he can team. figure out. Yeah, they had Tice, but Tice They're isn't a playmaker team. and he also is not a shooter. Yeah. So to not yeah, have that, it kind of broke the what how they can attack a zone. And uh Kimba wasn't really affecting the paint like he was able to with other teams. He wasn't really able to get into the paint the way he used to to kind of collapse them a little bit and and uh, I would say the last, I want to say the last two games, Jason Tatum's shot selection was really, really bad. Um, he was, his, yeah, and then he just he wasn't himself. He wasn't consistent throughout the game. Of yeah, when, it was. It you was, know, he he was kind of deferring a little bit. And you know what? What also, I don't want to say killed him because he's an important player to them. But and he's, I mean, he's valuable. And he's got some win a lot of games, but. There's a lot of there's too much like Marcus Smart, yeah, on offense at least, you know. <laughs> Marcus Smart taking a lot of just taking just taking a lot of ill-advised threes where you're like, you got this these other two talented players that are probably better served at cr- trying to create opportunities than Marcus Smart trying to launch threes, you know. Yeah, I felt like uh, definitely that because Marcus Smart. I feel like Marcus Smart should have fell into the Danny Green KCP role and let and let Kimba. I mean, or yeah, let Kimba and and Jason and 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 um Jalen Brown kind of dictate the offense, and you kind of just play within that role. But I felt at times he felt like he was the guy. Like nigga, I'm gonna take this shot, and y'all gonna figure it out. You know, like and I, and that that just goes from you know his days from when he was the the guy at Oklahoma State and all that. Shit. You know, so that kind of, I felt like he kind of had that swagger in him a little bit. But part of the reason why he was even doing that is because he kind of saw his guys weren't bringing it. And Kimba just, he didn't play good. He didn't really play good in the Toronto series. He I had mean, yeah, he had a terrible series. Game. No, he had a terrible series in that Toronto. He had a, he had a couple of shots that he hit in that series. But. Yeah. Overall, it was terrible. He had a bad series in that Toronto game. That I mean Toronto series. Yeah, he wasn't. He wasn't. Uh, yeah, he just not. He didn't work out, or it's not working out, or worked out like it should have. You would expect that Kim would, you know, hit some, be able to stretch the floor, hit some big threes, and get his offense going. But you know, and then a lot of the times too, they're attacking them on defense too, and making them work. Yeah. So, so yeah, so, Miami they they did the thing, and I mean they just one other thing about what to expect in this upcoming series that I was looking at it just like as we transition into the finals preview or whatever, um, like they have. On any given day, on any given game, they got like three or four different players that might lead the team in scoring. You know, yeah, it could be Drogic getting getting going. 
Tyler of Heroes. course, Jimmy Butler's yeah, Tyler Heroes emerged um, in the playoffs and had a couple of big games. Duncan Robinson, and then Adebayo was his man. He was he was special in the closeout game against Boston. Like, yeah, he had a killer game. <laughs> I think, and and now that we're talking about like, I mean, basically, this is like keys to kind of winning this series, and I feel like. This can kind of tie into X Factor as well. Is I feel like Bam is the X Factor for mm-hmm. Miami just simply because of the things that he can do. And what I've noticed is when he's not really he's not really a, a dominant scorer. He does have games where he can get off, but I think being able to limit him to a, a mid, like thirteen or ten points, I think that. And not let him have those explosions like he just did with what thirty, what he had like thirty three or something like that, and like thirteen, yeah, 30, 15, six, yeah like I think if we limited his explosions and kind of, and I think that's something that we can do because we we got the length and we got the bodies to kind of do that. Uh, if we can kind of limit him and and take him out of being that X factor, that's something that we got to look at. And uh, and I think just being able to 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 at least hit some of those threes that we're gonna get when they run in that zone, but also what I was gonna say before, and I didn't get to mention it, was just the which AD are we gonna get? Are we gonna get the the highly aggressive? And I think we might because this is like, hey, AD, we're gonna need this every game until it's over. Um, are we gonna get the highly aggressive AD? That's that nobody can stop in a sense, or are we going to get the one that likes to float getting two rebounds in a whole game? Like our, which AD are we going to get? I think that that's vital as well, because if we get an AD that that's just dominating every facet of the game, which he can do. And he does on a, a, a multitude of re, a days. Um, I think that can be, that can be the big difference maker in this series. I mean, we should expect him to be great, but, you know how it yeah, is. Yeah, I mean, his last, I mean, the last game, his rebounds or I don't think he got the double figures. No. I mean, he had the one uh, game. I think of the last three games where, he had, like, total of, like, 12 right. rebounds. But but then you got to account, too, like, the Lakers are playing bigger and Dwight's getting more minutes, and literally that's Dwight's job. You know what I mean? Like, he's responsible. He's going to be the one that's going to be crashing the boards. And... I just kind of feel like his role is was a little bit changed because they're you know he's been scoring he's averaging he's I think he's number two or three in the playoffs right now. He's oh no, averaging yeah. twenty eight a game. Oh no, so I'm, not, I'm not. I'm not putting. Like, I'm not. Uh, what I'm saying is that I think there's another gear that AD has, and he hasn't he hasn't peaked at that yet. You know, he hasn't hit that gear where like you're like yeah, damn I, this dude. I just he mean I think that the low rebound couple of games is just kind of like a little blip on the radar, like a little. It wasn't. It's nothing more. It's not like I'm like, oh, AD can't rebound anymore. You know, it was just. Oh no, yeah. It kind of also kind of just happened, and and then sometimes too when you got it going on offense, you know, he's. I don't know. It didn't take away from his individual defense. No, no, no. Um, but you know. It was just rebounding. something that I, yeah, I, I felt mean, was, like. I mean, getting it was two a couple of games, like, but I don't know. I, I'm more on leaning on the side of like not making a big deal out of those couple of games. 
Oh no, yeah. Especially they 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 ended up winning anyway, so um, yeah, they um, yeah. I wouldn't even expect the rebounding to be an issue in this series, just because. Yeah, I I think um, so. I think the, the Lakers also, have a clear advantage with the size. Yeah, and then another thing I was gonna say is that Miami turns the ball over a lot, a lot. Mm-hmm. And and we definitely have to capitalize on that. They're gonna give us turnovers. Um, they got a lot of unforced turnovers. We got to be able to capitalize off of those because those are just points that we, we gonna we gonna get for free, basically. Um, yeah, I want to real quick about the um, about an X factor. Yeah, go ahead for Miami. Yeah, I think it. I think. I don't even like calling like the lead players like X factors. You know what I mean? Yeah. But you know they are essentially. I mean, obviously you need a role player to step up too. But I think Jimmy Butler is going to have to have like some twenty, twenty plus playing games because he's kind of not. He hasn't really gone off other than a, a couple of games, you know. Yeah. yeah, against Indiana and against um, and against Milwaukee, he's kind of like, and I get it too. Like, if another player is rolling, you know, um, if another player is rolling, I get it. You know, right the high hand, and that's kind of credit to just him just being a team first guy. So I can't slam him too hard about it. Yeah, but. You know, Tyler Hero getting off or Duncan Robinson getting off, it's impactful and it's helpful, but Jimmy Butler getting off with, like, being covered by LeBron, that's going to be more impactful in terms of Miami actually trying to win this series because you need somebody that's going to go against LeBron. And I'm to me, if Miami wants to have a chance of winning this game, I mean, Jimmy Butler's going to have to be scoring in the 20s for sure. I don't think they can afford to have games where him and Goran Dragic aren't both putting up a lot of points, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, and, and, and like, uh, just just for, like, the, the Lakers, I feel like the, the X factor is uh, the supporting cast uh, as a committee. Um, That's the same thing I was gonna say. I, I, I have to put that down. Well, yeah, because I, I mean, the third, the third guy, which is essentially maybe two or three guys the compiled together, right? Putting up something like you're gonna need Rondo playing well, and maybe uh, Kuzma if he if he if he doesn't get shit, uh, benched or anything like that, or um, or Morris hitting threes, or or a combination of uh, Rondo and uh, Danny Green, like maybe getting a shot going, or, or KCP. Yeah, that's, that's what, what I, I feel like. We if we have a a good team, not team effort, but if we have a good two or three players of getting, or maybe even four, if we get two to three though of like at least like nine to twelve range, not all of them getting twelve, but you know one person nine, one person eleven, another person ten, yeah. or. Maybe like we get four players with like eight, nine to twelve points. That that's all we kind of need because we know what to expect from AD and Brian. Most nights, they, the bad nights, they're they're putting up what twenty two points. So we should expect at least twenty plus points from AD and Brian every night. And I I think right. I think 
I mean, because from the, the, the reports and all that, you know, Braun really wanted to play the Heat. Um, this is, I feel like he felt slated by by Pat Riley. So I think he got a little extra more uh, motivation. Um, and I think that you're going to probably see a different notch of Braun in this series. Um, and I think by him going into the, and you kind of saw the glimpse of the, the of the, the Braun that can, that can just terrorize you. And that's the, that the last like three minutes of that, that Nuggets game where you were just like, okay, how the fuck do I guard this guy? He's hitting threes. He's hitting fades. He's hitting anything and everything he yeah. wants, you know? So, uh, if, if you get that type of Brian in this whole series, and I think Brian's going to kind of set the tone and AD is going to kind of follow, he's still grooming AD to be the guy. Um, but I think AD is going to have monster nights as well. Um, so we kind of know what to expect from them. So, like, yeah, my X factor for the Lakers is the 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 the, the role players as a committee. We need at least two or three yeah. guys getting the nine to to twelve points a night. Well, that's what that's just that's just who the Lakers are, and a lot of the projections and the stuff before the season, they're like, oh, you're going to rely on Rondo and KCP and Alex Caruso. Like, yeah, that's yeah. what they're going to do. That's well, what we're going to fucking do. I mean, this team, this team has. All stars and Superstars, the Lakers' advantage is you know? the, 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 the oh, you talking about Miami? Sorry. No, 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 yeah, no, I'm talking about the Lakers, oh, okay, superstars, whatever. Two, you got two the Lakers' advantage because I was thinking about this series, and Miami is very familiar with LeBron, you know, at least well, you know, so they know what he struggles, what he thrives, and what he excels at. Yeah, and I think they can kind of coach up a game plan to where you can keep LeBron maybe out of the paint uh-huh. and just maybe maybe force him to be more of a jump shooter. Yeah, and especially with that with that zone, with the zone, you know, the Lakers. A couple of teams are throwing out the zone against the Lakers in the playoffs and in the regular season, and the Lakers have struggled just because they're not a three point shooting team. So they got some guys that can hit some sometimes. But not your consistent, you know, like a Duncan Robinson. Well, I mean, he's like an elite three-point shooter or, or a hero. Um, they just got guys that kind of they're, they're, they're designated shooters. They're some of the better shooters on the actual Lakers team, but they're not amongst the league's best, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, you're right. I mean, we, we do – I feel like we do struggle um, against the zone at times. Uh but, you know, we kind of start to figure it out, you know, just a little bit, just enough to where we could kind of open the gates of of, uh, of the offense. Um, yeah, and, no. And, and, you know, Miami, they going to probably run zone often, but they're not going to be able to stay in that zone because that's when you start figuring out. You know, they, they, they show it, then they take it away. And I think those instances when they do take it away, you know, that's when we kind of start pinpointing on they 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 lack a lot of defensive players. You know, you can go to the all defensive lineup, but then you're lacking on the offense. So having Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson out there and Goran Dragic, we're gonna start isolating those one on one matchups. We're gonna put them on the island with Bron or, or or get them on the uh, the block the block with AD. We're gonna kind of try to uh, our well. We're gonna get opportunities to get them into those matchups, and we got to convert on those options. You know, get them in foul trouble and stuff like that. Because, like you said, this is another team that really doesn't have size, and and we should we should try our best when we can to take advantage of it. Yeah, I um, just in terms of 
you know, with how well they've been playing, I kind of feel like this is going to be the Lakers' toughest series mm-hmm. because I think a little bit of the pieces are in place. I, I don't know. I'm kind of torn. Like, I don't think it's going to be a five-game series. I just don't. I feel like <laughs> that's discrediting. I feel like that's discrediting Miami and what they've been doing. And honestly, if you just if we did a draft of this of both rosters, I mean, obviously LeBron and AD are going to be one and two, pick yeah. one and two. Uh-huh. But if we if we like stuck to the draft and just drafted players back and forth. I think you would have more heat players before you would get to some of the Lakers role players. Yeah. You, oh, no, for sure. So, I would take a lot of players on the heat before I, I, I would take equal dollar before I, I take some players on the bench. I mean, Alex Russo might fit 12, in, here, but yeah. Yeah, I, took, I, I just listed 12, and I got Bron 1, 82, Jimmy 3, Bam 4, Dragic 5, Hero 6, Iggy 7. Eight, I put Dwight in there because uh-huh. I feel like at his max potential, like he can be one of the best players out there. Yeah. Then you you got then it gets kind of like murky. Then it's like Duncan Robinson, KCP, Crowder, Caruso. Then you got like I mean Rondo can factor somewhere in there. So the Heat definitely have I feel like more role players. Okay. But, you know, this Lakers team's yeah, this is, I don't know. I'm kind of torn. I just feel like they can probably outperform and maybe that, maybe some of that vulnerability we showed against the Nuggets at the end of game five, I believe, uh-huh. or game four. Now, game four, I kind of feel like so that's the way for the Heat to get in it. Because, you know, the it was it was weird too because just from the from the eye test you're like oh Miami they have way more shooters than the Lakers you know yeah which they do they do but if you look at the stats um, from three point shooting they're both shooting thirty five percent from three in the playoffs yeah which is kind of like surprising a little bit I mean yeah because you, so, you look I mean because you know when you when you look at it it's just like you're like we we watch a lot of our players missing the shots we expect them to hit. You know what I mean? Like we expecting them to right. hit certain shots, and then you know you watch the Miami game. You watching Duncan Robinson coming off of screens and, and pulling as soon as he come off the screen, and it's just like damn, like why are our players hitting wide open shots? But then you kind of got to toll it in. So yeah, yeah that, they, that is surprising to see. We but I think part of that tied. too. Yeah, I think I think part of that too is that. They they played two quality teams. Like even though they handled the Bucks and they they beat Boston, they beat Boston. Yeah. They, I mean, those are kind of the two of the better defensive teams. At, at least when you go through the regular season. Yeah. So I feel like Miami has the, has capable shooters, and maybe for a couple of games they can get hot, man, and 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 the Lakers can go cold. I think that's their kind of um, angle to get some games and maybe push the series to more than what people are expecting. True. So, um, 
So I'm yeah, assuming that you, you got at least a six-game series. In <laughs> yeah. I was, thinking about, I was thinking about seven, but I was looking at it, and I feel like LeBron and Anthony Davis are probably – they're just probably too good for Miami to push this to seven games. So I'll probably go with the Lakers in six. Okay, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised if, if it, went it seven. somehow got to. If it somehow got to seven, just because. I mean, Miami's been doing it the whole playoffs. Is like being the underdog and and doing what you think they couldn't do. Definitely, and I and and you know, I think this is just another one where, just like the Lakers, um, the Lakers. We're in that. I mean, just like the Nuggets, they they were underdogs, and I think the Lakers have done a jo- good job of not buying into the underdog mentality and treating them just like anybody else as an opponent, um, right? And and not not taking them for granted. They understand that the Miami. I I, I know for a fact that the the Lakers understand who the Miami Heat are, and and to not take them lightly and to give them everything that you got because this is where it counts, but. Um, you're right. I mean, they've been the underdog in the majority of the series that they've been in. So, you know, they, they're coming in with that mentality, but the Lakers are going to match that with, you know, understanding that they are because that's the same thing, you know, we have with the Nuggets. We call them the comeback kids. Right. And every time I hear the, that word, the I Lakers think of Reggie have Miller. A, <laughs> <laughs> I don't care the have, comeback kids. <laughs> the Lakers have three losses. And I feel like maybe in two of them games, they really kind of bullshitted their way Yeah, through those games. So that's where I kind of feel like uh, they might get burned a little bit in this series if they have those stretches. Or Like that one game against Denver, they just, that first half was just, wow, it was crazy. I think they got down by like 20 points or something like that. Yeah, and then they showed and you what, for that- four minutes in the fourth quarter that they can, they got right back into it. Right. And then another uh, why I'm probably leaning more towards six games is because Miami, they've done their thing and they've won as the underdog and they've kind of maybe they weren't an underdog in Boston. Maybe it was more 50-50, but in Milwaukee they were clearly the underdog. But I feel like the, the team that Miami matched up against, their main guys didn't perform well. So it kind of made it a little bit easier for Miami. Yeah. Where, you know, Giannis and the Bucks overall, they, they, they just didn't, they weren't the same team, obviously, once they got to the playoffs or came back from this whole, came back into the bubble. Yeah. So I feel in that series, that kind of aided them a little bit already. And then we already, recap like the Boston series where Kemba struggled, Tatum was iffy, Jalen Brown had some moments, but like it wasn't like he was dominant. So I don't I feel like in this series that's not gonna happen. Like you're going to get signature games from you're gonna get your signature games from A D and LeBron pretty much. They're both gonna have good games every game. Yeah. It's not gonna be where they don't produce or put up numbers or put up pressure on the defense. So I feel like that's a different 
that's a different uh, like aspect. I'm, yeah, this is. I mean, this is the best team the Heat are going to face, and this is the best one-two combination in the league. Yeah, okay. and then the other thing too, why I kind of like shifted back over to the Lakers and six is that you know Miami size obviously. Like Bam is only like six eight or six nine. Yeah. And that's it. He's their only true center. Like they don't play Miles Winner. Yeah, I mean and then they got Kelly Olney, but Kelly Olnick is, is is a small is a small and, center, you know, like a small power forward. Exactly. So this is why the Lakers are where they are now because they're the most versatile team in the NBA. They might not have the three-point shooting that you would like, but or that you know that proverbial third score. But their defense is there, and they small at the five and Brown at the four. They can go small or they can play big. And I feel like Adebayo is not going to be able to put up probably unless he just plays above what we think he can. He's not going to be able to play a spectacular game on offense and try to slow down Anthony Davis and have to battle um, Dwight, Dwight Howard. Because Dwight's going to come in there and work him. Dwight, Dwight knows his role. He's been playing it well. Like He's going to come in and he's going to work Bam and make it physical and make it hard and tough. And honestly, I'm thinking maybe in this series you see some more McGee too. Yeah, because McGee, I mean – McGee, he hasn't been a really a factor the last two series. <laughs> McGee was sh- giving me uh, Washington vibes when he was on Shaq and the Fool every night in that Denver series. It was just like, what the hell is he doing out here? He looked lost. Yeah. He looked like he wasn't locked in. Um, it just it, it it was it looked really bad in the Denver series. But I think in the Miami series, you might see a different type of McGee. I think he might get some more playing time. Yeah, I, I feel like a lot of it too is he hasn't McGee. been getting, he hasn't been playing. That and and also so, I mean Jokic was just a bad matchup for him because he just bodied his skinny ass. Um he's too strong. I wanna say what was like was that game four? He only played like a minute and like twenty seconds. Yeah he him like, and Dwight pretty much weren't even a factor in the Houston. No no not at all. So, yeah, I think I think this series uh, you'll get to see more Dwight, more McGee, and more. I mean, you're gonna obviously AD, but yeah, I think Dwight and McGee. This is their series. Yeah, I feel like I feel like well, I don't know. It depends with because uh, Vogel he's kind of iffy sometimes. But uh, I feel like McGee should probably get some decent burn because he didn't play. I mean, he barely he hasn't really been playing that much. But I feel like this is a series where he can get some run and be be big and finish and catch lobs and stuff. Yeah, so, so I mean, hopefully we get that. Um, I, like I said, I'm torn between five and six. Uh, leaning more towards the five, but I can definitely see it going six just because you know how sometimes the Lakers just come out and, and they not really fully locked in. But I, I feel like now that – Things are uh, are on the line. You know, there's a championship at sight. They're four games away. I feel like you're going to see the, yeah, you know, the focus will be fully there and you'll have 
their attention at the at the max capacity. And I just think that with when when you see the Lakers locked in, it it's damn near impossible to beat them when they're locked in. And we've seen in all these series, you've seen the Lakers, those instances where they're just locked in. It's like, you can't do nothing against this. And I think that, like, you know, the lights might be, you know, the lights in, in the, the hyper hypothetical saying the lights might be, oh, I want to see what the lights are for Duncan Robinson and, and Tyler Hero and Bam, you know. Yes, they've been playing great. Yeah. Even Jimmy Butler, you know. Um, this is this is a big moment in their careers, and I I would like to kind of see how they react in those, you know, not in the first half, but you know the 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 last like three four minutes of the third and the fourth quarter as it gets down to like the last five minutes, yeah, where things where those calls that they was given the first half they not get no more, and the refs kind of letting them play a little bit more. I want to see how how they play through that type of stuff, and 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 you start seeing you know some of the calls that go for Braun versus what you would think that you should get, you know, I want to see how they weather that storm. And I think that that'd be a, a factor as well. Um, you know, it's all about yeah, that'll games. Be, that'd be interesting to see how it'll play out. But I kind of feel like the bubble has taken away some of the weight. Yeah, it's an AAU vibe. It's a definitely an AAU yeah. vibe. I, like that's what and I. That's and why I, some I, of these younger players are thriving. You know. Yeah, it's that's just, what I said too. I said, uh, I think I said, uh, I would love to see how they play next year in a playoff series when they're in different road and different houses, uh, arenas, and, and and you know you got to deal with all the the things that come along with the actual playoffs with people asking for tickets and family and all this stuff that comes in with it, media and all that stuff. Um, I would love to kind of see how they play, and I don't think you'll get those same type of performances. I don't think, but you know, you can prove me wrong. But I just don't think that yeah. th- this was the best environment for young players. Yeah, it was. It's a it's a different. Um, it's just different. Yeah, it's just really different, and right. just having no home court. I mean, yeah. it just makes for something different, and that's right. why I think you're seeing Miami in this. So you got you got them in, and you got the Lakers in six. You wouldn't you wouldn't be surprised if it went seven. I got it five six. Um, tip off is Wednesday. Um, Lakers get get busy. Mo, I would like to uh, thank you for coming on. Uh, it's been a uh, it's been long overdue to get you on the podcast. Uh, <laughs> but I'm definitely happy that that I got you on, and, and hopefully we can. Um, do this another time, especially like during this final series. Maybe after like game two or three, we could try to see if we can squeeze one in and go over what what happened. And hopefully, Justin can make it on this time. <laughs> but yeah, uh, mm. it was a pleasure having you on. Thank you for for coming on to the podcast. Of course. Um, of course. Of course. And uh, go Lakers, man! <laughs> yeah, it should be fun. It should be fun. To wrap this up, man. But this is weird. Still watching basketball right now. And for any of y'all that like boxing, make sure y'all go check out uh, the Boxed Out podcast. Uh, Mo, plug your, your plug your info, man, so they know. Yeah, the Boxed Out podcast. Follow us on Twitter. Um, yeah, we're on Spotify. All the podcast streaming things. Follow us on Instagram. I don't post a lot as much as I used to, but still some funny stuff every once in a while. Oh no, for sure. And yeah, that's <laughs> it, man. All right, Mo. That's thanks. It. And uh, maybe, 
Maybe oh and at South Bay Mo too. Oh yeah, South Bay Mo. Yeah, don't don't forget your yeah yeah. Don't forget that. The Lakers stuff. He's on Instagram as well. Uh, he's on Instagram as well with the the Box Out Podcast. So make sure y'all follow that on there as well. Um, definitely some some good content. Um, his podcasts are with his brother. Uh, they're they're dope. Um, they they definitely are um killing the game with with their knowledge. Um, I lean on them all the time. Definitely, Mo. I lean on Mo all the time with, 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 with what's coming on and what should I expect from these up-and-coming boxers. And he, he gives me all the info. So, yeah, I definitely uh, recommend you all to check it out, please, um, and uh, subscribe. And, uh, yeah, give it a go. Okay, appreciate it. Yeah, so thanks, Mo, for coming on. And uh, we look forward to having you back on. All right, cool. Go Lakers. All right, y'all. Peace.